I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome in to another edition of MCM Radio. I am Jimmy Morris. Terry is not with us on this Labor Day recording, but I am very pleased to welcome back to the show the voice of the Titans, Mike Keith. Mike, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. How are you? Jimmy, I'm fantastic. It's game week, so thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, absolutely. We can put to bed this quarterback controversy. Uh, you know, we think Marcus will take the first snap <laughs> in Cleveland, right? Um, uh, all this. We feel pretty certain yeah, about that. All yeah. this, uh, all this mess that we've had. It's going to be good just to get real football uh, and and that stuff to talk about instead of all the speculation. So, uh, was that a real thing? At, nationally, it was. I mean, it never was here. Wow. But, yeah, I mean, that was, you know, there were a couple of different uh, – I think it was Diana Rossini with ESPN was saying it, it's a competition. They don't know who's going to be the starter at week one. So, yeah, it was it was a fun – She's a, really good. She's really good, yeah. too. I'm, I, that surprises me. Yeah, so – Anyway, um, we're going to get into some roster stuff and then just there's a lot of questions around this team and a lot of negativity, again, more so nationally, um, that that I think that I'm going to ask Mike about and he's going to kind of just address how he sees those issues playing out as the season starts. Um, again, remind you, museummiracles.com is where you can find all of our work. We had a very busy weekend tracking everything with the roster. Um, so we've got everything there, all the guys that were cut, practice squad additions, all that stuff, and we'll keep obviously continuing to update that as moves are made throughout the coming weeks. Um, and then also, if you would like to subscribe to this podcast, we would like for you to do that. Uh, just look for the Music City Miracles feed wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll get our show, MCM Radio, that's normally Terry and I, and then you will also get uh, Titans Film Room Radio with James and Justin. They're doing a great job with that. So subscribe to the one feed to get both shows. Uh, you should also be subscribed to the official Titans podcast that Mike Keith and their crew do, um, obviously from the from the main website there. Uh, and you said y'all record that on Wednesdays, right? We do. We record the OTP uh, every Wednesday. Yep. So uh, subscribe to that as well. Obviously, you get a lot of good stuff there. Mike Keith, Amy Wells, Dave McGinnis from time to time, Jim Wyatt, um, all those guys. So uh, a lot of good stuff there. All right, starting off with the roster, I think there were a couple of surprises on the roster and kind of get your thoughts on that. One, that Aaron Stinney wasn't kept. Um, I think people thought that he was pretty much a lock to make this roster. He did get added back to the practice squad. Um, so if you could just kind of give your thoughts on what you saw there. And then also Dalen Dawkins over uh, Jeremy McNichols, who had a great preseason. Another guy that you know a lot of people were, were excited about. Um, again, back with the practice squad. But those were, I think, a couple of surprises that came down on Saturday. Well, first of all, to the offensive line, when you have the suspension of Taylor Lewan, it changes your breakdown of what the eight-man group is going to be. So what you're looking for is you're obviously looking for your starters, and it sounds like Pomfield is the starter at right guard right now. Well, his, the guy who's competing with him at this point 
and and is still competing with him, I think, and and you know may play some on Sunday at right guard is Jameel Douglas. Well, so Jameel Douglas shows that he can also play center, um, and in, in in with that happening, then Jameel Douglas is the choice to be kept over Corey Levin and Aaron Stenny. Stenny is a true guard. And, and a good player, and, and I, I still think has a future. But when you look at the breakdown, that's what you're that's what you're coming into. So you have Jameel Douglas as the six, and then the seven is obviously Nate Davis. You drafted him in the third round. You think he's a starter long term. You have Palm Field, who can also play tackle, which gives you some versatility, and then you're going with the best remaining tackle in your group, and they decide that that is David Quisenberry. So that's your eight for now. Um, the, the loss of Luan for four games certainly changes the makeup of what you're going to do in terms of the eight because, as you know, Jimmy, on game day you're going to keep seven up. So you need a guy who can also play tackle, and then you need a guy who can play both inside positions. They decide the guy who can play both inside positions is Douglas, and then they make the decision that the best remaining tackle that they have is Quisenberry. Uh, Again, I don't think that this is over necessarily. I don't think it's over necessarily anywhere with John Robinson. He's looking for every bit of flexibility he can get. But I think that's the mindset that goes into keeping the eight players that they kept initially. And then Dalen Dawkins over Jeremy Van Nichols. I'm sorry, yes. Uh, Dawkins, I get into the long-winded offensive yeah, line. That's all right. that question. I'm sorry. Dawkins, explosion. I mean, the guy, the guy has got tremendous explosion. And he's not very big, but... You know, there are things that, that he can do, the things that he shows. He's been with them. He knows the system. I, I think you're looking for that. If you're, if you're looking for a backup, you're looking for an element that separates him. And to me, when you, when you got Fluellen back, do you keep McNichols, who is a really good football player? I mean, he can really, really play, but... Do you, do you keep a guy as a fourth? I think if you're doing that, generally you're looking for that element that separates him. And, and again, as of, as of right now, the element that seems to be the separator is that Dawkins has another gear. And we, we certainly saw it in Chicago the other night, and we've seen it when Dalen has played. You know, for a little guy, he has good strength to run the inside plays, but I mean, he can really pop. There are things that he can do that are just a little different than some of the other guys that we had. Again, this is the initial roster, but I think that ends up being the separator for him. Yeah, I've always said he's really fun to watch run. Now, he it's scary for him because mm-hmm. like he's not very big. I'm afraid like he's going to run into somebody and get broken, but he runs so hard. He's, he's really fun to watch. Do you remember his dad? Not really. I don't, I don't know. Okay, I don't know that you're old enough. Ralph Dawkins was a super back. I mean, he was really something else. He was a he's kind of an Emmett Smith type back. Wasn't quite to that level, obviously, but he was a really a nice player. And 
this kid has all of those sorts of elements, plus, I think, another gear. I know his dad probably thinks he's still faster, but uh, I don't. Dalen, Dalen has really good speed, and he's just a good football player. The, the issue at running back in this time for guys like that is the woods are, are full of them. You know, there are a bunch of really quality running backs who are out on the street today because you can you can find them a lot of times. So you need that guy who's got just something a little different in your group. And Dawkins has some – Dawkins is more like Deion Lewis than anybody else they have. So if they, you know, if they needed that role filled at some point during the season, which they don't now because Deion Lewis is healthy, then Dawkins is probably more like that. That makes sense. And then last thing on the roster, um, Jeffrey Simmons, I know he's been doing some work on side fields. Uh, Mike Vrabel, at kind of the end of last week, left it left it open a little bit, and there was speculation that he might start on the 53. That was always, I think, pretty much a long shot. But what are you hearing on his rehab? And, I mean, is there any indication of when he might be able to go? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I mean, honestly, I thought after what Vrabel said and what I'd seen, I thought there was a real chance he might be on the 53 with the idea that he could not necessarily that he would play in the first or second or third or fourth game, but that he would have a chance to start practicing earlier. And that could, he could potentially be more ready for, for week seven or whatever based on the practice. But then, then the cooler head thing in me prevails because what you're going to do with him, Jimmy, is you're, you're going to be very conservative. He he's doing really really well, and for Vrabel to come out and say that, I mean, you know that's a hundred percent true because Vrabel doesn't talk about anything like that, particularly when it when it has to do with injury. But for him to be that positive, I think gives you a great idea that he's making tremendous progress. Still, I mean, they see this player as such a difference maker for this franchise going forward which is why they took him. I mean, that's the whole thing is you, you've got something so special in this player that you want to make sure that he's 100%. So while I think there's a temptation to try to get him back as early as possible, I think that the overriding plan, what I've said all along is, assume he's not going to play this year, and then if he does, it's a bonus. Well, I think that may be too conservative now you know what i'm saying i think that may be that that may but but when i watch this player and i've told the story a couple times i caught john robinson watching tape of him last november (laughs) i mean this guy is so special i i think you realize it i know you really wanted the titans to take a tight end that was what you were excited (laughs) about (laughs) <laughs> but, but since you got over that, um, 
this guy is, I mean, he is a beast. He is like nothing that I have seen with the Titans since Albert Hainsworth in terms of that, that size, speed, athleticism, whole thing. And watching him work out on the side has almost been as much fun as watching practice. I mean, he there's something to him that you don't find every single day. Now, does that mean he's going to translate as an NFL player? Well, we don't know, but I'll take my chances. <laughs> I'll take my chances with a guy who looks like this. It's hard to – I mean, you want to unwrap the present now, but it's not Christmas yet. Christmas will come. Yeah, he's just a, such a big dude. I saw whenever he – he threw out the first pitch at a Sounds game or something, and, like, just when he was holding yeah. the baseball in his hand. I mean, you can't even see the ball. Like, it's just – he's just he's just a different, like, level person. You know, athlete, it looks like to yeah. me. It's funny because there are lots of guys who are in the NFL, at least. There are lots of guys who are 6'4", 6'5", 320. But there's some dudes who look bigger – than other guys the same size. I mean, he, he's got these massive calves. His legs are just massive. His upper body, I mean, he does not look like a lineman when he's in his jersey. I mean, it is a completely, there is nothing sloppy about this dude at all. Um, and he's he's got that country boy strong thing, too. Um We've seen him pop Brable a couple times when they've been doing the side drills, and, I mean, it's been like, wow. <laughs> um, the people who work with him are so complimentary of his overall work ethic. Uh, he's been great to deal with in the building. He's a really nice young man. And so you're, so you're pulling hard for this guy, too. But, I mean, the attributes and, and what you see of him from his Mississippi State tape – it's not normal. And if you go back and watch him play against Alabama, I mean, let's face it, Alabama and Clemson are the standard in college football right now. I mean, he dominated some of those guys at Alabama. And you're going, what just happened? Seriously? Um, this is a, you know, Dave McGinnis, Dave McGinnis has talked about this prospect over and over and over again. And Again, we don't know. You know, you, you, there, there are lots of things that have to happen, and we overhype guys. But as a prospect, he is such an exciting player. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't wait to see him out on the field. All right, coming up, we will continue our conversation with Mike Keith, asking him about some questions that a lot of people have surrounding the 2019 Tennessee Titans. All right, so in preparing for fantasy football drafts for the last week or so, I've uh, been listening to some shows and stuff, and one of the, I think, most widely debated pr- uh, fantasy prospects, uh, for lack of a better term, this year is Derrick Henry. Where should he rank and all that mm-hmm. stuff? And, you know, we saw, I think, absolutely what Derrick Henry is capable of with the run that he went on in November, I mean December. Um, before that, obviously, it was kind of mixed results. You know, those of us who were here think something happened, whether it was he flipped a switch, he understood the offense, I mean, whatever it was. Um, so I think most Titans fans are generally pretty confident that he's going to, I mean, obviously we're not expecting, you know, 200 yards every week, but that he's going to be able to turn out a consistent performance like we saw at the end of the year last year. But nationally, people are still skeptical, um, saying, well, he was just a one-month wonder and you can't count on him all, and all of that kind of stuff. What do you envision Derrick Henry being in this offense this year? All right, so I get the one-month wonder thing. 
I get it. And, and I don't think anybody who thinks that is necessarily out to lunch or whatever. I'm not going to be critical of those people. Here's what I see that's, that's different. Two things. Number one, he, the light did come on for him about what they want him to do in the offense. And I think he's going to continue that. So I, I think he he understands what the pressing of the hole is, what the important parts are. The other thing, too, is he is absolutely the lead back now. You know, they, they've got the establishment, and what they really want to have happen is they want to have him be the lead back and have be Deion Lewis be the changeup. Because I think Deion Lewis, when Derek was not playing well, I think Dion was asked to do so much because he had to play that he kind of wasn't as effective in his role, you know. And now I think they're going to get the best of these two players in their roles. And I think Derek has a confidence knowing that he can do it and knowing Cleveland thinks. I think Cleveland thinks he's going to be the lead back. And I think Cleveland is going to have eight men pretty close to the line of scrimmage a la Eddie George style, trying to stop him on Sunday. So I, I think he's got a shot at a, at a really, really nice year in this offense. Okay, and then another big knock that I've been hearing is on Arthur Smith. Um, you know, obviously this is his mm-hmm. first year as an offensive coordinator. There are a lot of rookie play callers from the NFL. That is definitely not a thing that's exclusive to the Titans. But, you know, Arthur Smith has been here for a long time, was a quality control guy, was a tight ends coach. And so his – I think people naturally just aren't as familiar with him as they are some other names. And, you know, he's never worked for Sean McVay. So um, people don't think that right. he can call plays in the NFL. Um, so kind of right. give us a feel of what Arthur Smith is going to be as, as an offensive coordinator, as a play caller. Yeah, if he, if he had been Sean McVay's gardener or personal cook, everybody <laughs> would be going crazy right now. Um, and I've said this all along, all offseason. If he had come from – the high-powered offense, then then people would be going gaga over him. But the reality is he is one of those types of guys. I, I've told the story a lot. When Matt LaFleur got Green Bay, you know, we were we were talking, Amy Wells and I and, and Ashley Farrell and some of the other people that I work with were talking, Jeff Harding. Uh, we were talking immediately. We said, okay, we promote Arthur, right? Because internally, we've known Arthur was this kind of coach for a long, long time. The thing was, Jimmy, we weren't sure if he wanted it. Because you just didn't know. Some guys want to just be position coaches their whole life. That's what they like to do. Arthur obviously wanted it, and we're excited that he wanted it. Uh, His knowledge of the offense, I think, is such a big deal. His knowledge of Mariota is such a big deal. And the underrated factor, too, is that Mariota knows him. I think Mariota now has the ability to be more honest with him about what he likes and what he doesn't like. And I think I don't, while I don't think the offense changes per se, I think what the offense runs in certain cases will change based on, A, what Arthur likes, B, what Mariota likes, and C, what they decide they like together. So, you know, I like the move very much. I'm an Arthur Smith fan. He's been in our building for nine years. I know what he's all about. But granted, 
you know, if, if I were in New York or Los Angeles or Chicago covering this team, I would probably say the same thing. Who's this guy? And then it's like, oh, he, you know, he's Fred Smith's son. He's been on all these, you know, he's been there for a long time. Well, they promoted him just because he's been for a long time. I get the story. You know, I, I understand what the perception is, but I'm here to tell you, he's been one of our best football coaches in St. Thomas Sports Park for several years. And then, you know, there's a lot of, obviously, I mean, the whole Marcus Mario thing, there's a lot of debate and, and whatever around around him. And, I mean, I think we're all to the point now where we, we just have to see it. I mean, we've, we've seen him be great. We've seen him struggle. We've seen the injuries and, and all that stuff, too. I do also think that there were points last year, you know, with Delaney being out, with Rashard Matthews not being here, um, where they were just the the weapons that he had around him were greatly depleted over what he's going to have this year. Kind of talk about what you see in the, I mean, just the offensive players they have around him this year versus what they had last year. It's there. I mean, it's there to get the ball out quickly to Delaney Walker and to Adam Humphreys. Uh, Corey Davis has had a really good camp. Uh, Tajay Sharp has played well overall. A.J. Brown is another guy who looks like that prospect that's special. Uh, seeing Johnu Smith come back, uh, seeing Deion Lewis in this role. Uh, I mean, Ferkser in, in ways that they're going to be able to use him matchup-wise, it's there. You know, it, unquestionably, John Robinson has put together the best group of skilled people that we've had in a long, long time. And this team is healthy. The only thing they lack right now is Taylor Lewan at left tackle. And if, if they can you know, get through the first month without him and stay healthy as this season goes on, I think things can continue to pick up for him. Uh, he's got a good knowledge of Arthur. He hasn't had to learn a new offense. You know, it's the, the, the learning process, the only difference in my mind is that Arthur is calling the game now. It, it doesn't have anything to do with a big change in the offense. I think it's all there. And you're right, it's a production business. The thing that, that I studied, too, and I threw this fact out to Coach Mack on one of our interviews that we did earlier for, uh, for Titans Radio, the six playoff teams last year in the AFC averaged over 27 points a game. We averaged 19 points a game. So... Well, and, and I get that it's elementary that scoring more points than the opposition is a big deal. But, but my point is, and what Coach Max said is, in today's NFL, you don't win a lot of games thirteen to ten. Sometimes you do, but you just don't. And you've got to have an offense that can consistently score in the mid to upper twenties to give you a chance to win week in week out. And that's what the Titans have to become offensively. And it, it starts with Mariota. He has shown the things in camp to get you excited. And now it's about taking it forward. And the thing that's going to be added, Jimmy, is there are a lot of wrinkles that the Titans have that we have not seen. And we're going to start seeing them on Sunday. And so we'll see, you know, how do you, how do you sort of take that forward? But, you know, Mariota is the number one key to this year in my mind because I think he's proven he can do it. He now has more help. 
And now it's just a matter of him helping that offense have the kind of consistency they have to have to take it quite literally to the next level in terms of being able to score points. You know, it's funny. We've spent the whole offseason, I mean, everybody talking about this team. It, it's all about the offense, about Henry, Mariota, Arthur Smith, whatever. Nobody's really talking about the defense. The defense that was, I mean, quietly, at least, you know, nationally, one of the best in the league. And now right. you've got a group that is, you know, everybody's coming back. Everybody seems to be healthy. Um, you know, they, they've, they've got a good young core, guys that are locked up for, for a, f- a few years here. What do you think this defense can be? Because, I mean, you know, they don't talk about the, the, the year two jump under a defensive coordinator. You know, you had last year you brought Vaccaro in, you know, during camps. I mean, he was a little bit late getting here, had some injuries during the year. But, like I said, nobody's talking about this defense. But, I mean, I, I really think that if they play to their potential, they have a chance to be one of the best in the league and, and keep this team in some games, even if the offense is having a little bit of trouble finding its way. Sure. And and sometimes you're going to have that. You know, that's part of it. The, the big thing for the defense, two things, to get the ball back for the offense and to – force other teams when they have scoring opportunities to kick field goals. And when you have a defense that's a little bit older, that communicates well, it becomes hard to move the ball, play in, play out. The key for the defense is don't give up big plays. Make teams drive the ball, and it's going to be hard to do because eventually this defense is going to make something happen. They're, They're good up front. The improvement of Daquan Jones is a big factor, I think. The improvement of Rashawn Evans and Harold Landry, to me, is the biggest key. If these two guys do what they can, then I think this can be a top-five unit because I think Landry can be a double-digit sack guy. I think he has that kind of potential, and I think Evans is just a special player. He and Jayon Brown together and then being able to rotate Woodyard through uh, the specialty packages they have the ability to run now. You know, because in, in essence, this defense has like 15 first stringers for how they want to play. You know, Cameron Wake may not be on the field for the first snap at Cleveland, but so you're going to tell me he's not a starter? Uh, yeah, <laughs> but, you, but you get it. You know, it's almost like basketball. You have these matchups that you can run, and uh, getting Coach Pease to come back was a big deal. I mean, it's just, Jimmy, just no doubt about it. I mean, the, to be able to keep that consistency in that system. Do you realize we didn't change one defensive coach this year? I did not not one. That. Yeah. Not, 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 I mean, all the way down to Matt Pease and quality control and the, you know, the assist. I mean, it's all the same guys. Have we ever done that? I, I mean, I can't remember – in my lifetime that we've ever been able to do that. I mean, so to have some continuity, to have some veteran experience, you know, because it's not a young team anymore, which is nice. Um, I think they've, I think they've got a chance to be really, really solid on defense. And again, defenses today, you know, the bears last year had the number one, I think they were number one in scoring defense. They allowed 17.7 points per day. Well, I mean, that's not exactly, you know, shutting everybody out. But that's where we are today. The thing the Bears did last year is they had 36 takeaways. 
we we only have 38 takeaways in the last two years. So you could see the area where, where our scoring defense was comparable to theirs, but we need more takeaways because we need to get our offense more chances. That's that's where our defense can really improve the most. It's not it's it's about points and takeaways. It's really not about yards in this day and time. Yeah, so I mean, like I said, all this all this left now is to actually play the game. There's been so much uh, debate around what we're gonna see. I'm I'm just excited to see this see year two under Vrabel. I mean, the whole thing is just really exciting for this team. Uh, you want to give any predictions before we get you out of here? No, I'd rather not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear you. Because, because I think we're in the boat. You know, we've been talking about the big questions that national people have about our football team. And some are fair. And some are it, – it's hard for the national guys to know us 1 through 53 – it's hard for the national folks to know what the philosophy is of the organization. We're, we're not a real sexy pick. I get it. I mean, because we, we don't have guys popping off all the time and we don't, it, we just, we're not in the biggest market and, you know, we don't have a hundred year backstory like Chicago and green Bay entering the hundred year. So, you know, and our best teams have come at times like this where you watch this ball club and you say, it's really a solid football team. You know, there are a lot of good things to like. And now the big question really is, can it fall right for you, Jimmy? You know, in the years that we've had things go our way, things have fallen right. i give you a great example. Um, Jeff Fisher is going to be there for Steve McNair and Eddie George's day where we retire the numbers against Indy on September 15th. And we just did a big sit down with coach fish. It's really exciting. It's really awesome of Amy Adams Strunk to invite him back and to, to hear a lot of these great stories again, that you're going to hear from him next week. And one story he reminded me of. So, we're playing the first game ever at Nissan Stadium. We get ahead of of Cincinnati 26 to 7. We blow the lead. And the reason we blow the lead is because Jeff Blake just goes off at quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, just phenomenal. We can't stop it. Jeff Blake cramps up and has to come out of the game. They actually put Scott Covington and Akili Smith into the game. We rally, score 10 points, and win 36 to 35. And that starts the run, right? Well, what happens if Jeff Blake doesn't have to leave that game? Probably don't win. That, those sorts of things, and nobody remembers that. Jeff Fisher reminded me of that. But things like that happen in years where, you're, you know, things, things just fall your way. And when you go back and remember all of them, you say, oh, yeah, that happened. Well, you just look at the final record, right? You just say 13-3, and three, Music City Miracle, AFC Championship game winners, Super Bowl 34. But you have to have things fall your way. The Titans are due some breaks. They're due to not have their quarterback thrown on his elbow 
in a seven-hour, eight-minute game. You know, the Titans are due a few things to go their way. And those things factor into an NFL season because we are all so equal. It, it really is. It really is that close in this league. And I hope it's our year to have some things come together as a football team. But maybe it's our year to have a few breaks happen too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, all I know is it's here and it's going to be fun. Uh, I, I think they're well set up to make a run this year, and the division is kind of. At least, you know, on the on paper, uh, has has kind of played out to where the the Titans have had a, a better August than some of the other teams in the division. So hopefully, right. that'll set them up for a good run. But uh, anyway, well, yeah, that's it. And I, that, that's part of it is we 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 had knock on wood we had a good August, and I'm glad it's September. That's a great point. Yeah, absolutely. Coming through injury free and all that stuff is always a huge thing. So. All right, so that'll do it for this episode of MCM Radio. We thank Mike Keith so much for joining us again. You can find him, obviously, on Titans Radio. Y'all have a coach's show this week, Coach Vrabel? Yes, coach's show and Titans tonight with Keith Bullock on Tuesday night at 6 as well on Titans Radio. Awesome. Sounds like that'll be awesome. And then, obviously, catch him on the call and on the official Titans podcast on Wednesday. Subscribe to that. Also, subscribe to our show, Music City Miracles. Just search that wherever you get your podcast, and you'll get our show there. So, Mike, again, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Hey, it's my pleasure, Jimmy. Appreciate your work and uh, always appreciate uh, following everything with the Titans fans out there. It's uh, it's an incredible fan base, and uh, we appreciate their enthusiasm, and hopefully they're going to get rewarded with a really big year. That's what we're all hoping for. Absolutely. All right, well, like I said, that'll do it for today's show. Uh, you can check us out at museummiracles.com. You can also follow me on Twitter. I am at jmorrismcm. So, again, thanks so much to Mike Keith. This is Jimmy saying thanks for listening, and we will talk to you again later this week.